Um, let me just do a quick intro. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, my name is Matt. This is Overthink. I'm sitting here with Shania. She's our uh, lead developer here at Kosh Auto Group. Um, Shania, we had a very interesting thing happen today. We had someone yeah. buy a vehicle 100% online. This does not happen <laughs> often. <laughs> yeah, that's really strange. Yeah, so here's here's what I'm so weirded out by this. Um, I made the decision from our website because nobody was buying cars, and I felt it was just too many, too many conversion paths for people. And that option of buying a car, no one was using it. So to declutter the VDP, I removed it, and then I left the hold with deposit, uh, which is way more common and is way more commonly used than buying a vehicle. So this has only happened twice since we've launched our website. How the fuck did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys like talked to the person who bought yeah. the vehicle? So we have. He's a boomer. Um, okay. Not that that matters, but he's a boomer. So he's very he's he's not young. He's not a millennial. He's not tech swavy at all. He said he came to our website and just started shopping and found a, a Lincoln MKZ, liked it, and saw, thought the price was pretty fair and bought it. And then he came in today to pick it up. Um, wow. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But that's so weird because like the functions are obviously still there on our site. They're just very suppressed and hidden. I thought maybe he had came from Facebook because on Facebook, if you, if you go to our Facebook shop uh, and you click on a product, you can straight up buy the car through Facebook um, without doing a hold, just the full cost of the car. So I thought maybe he came through Facebook, but then I went into his attribution path. And I, have you have you opened it up, Shania? Yeah. Isn't this crazy? So this guy started his, his purchase journey with us on June 4th. And that session, I think, is 100% organic, meaning he didn't come here through an ad or anything. He came back nine times between the 6th and the 15th, and then on the 19th, he converted. So he he bought the vehicle. So a lot of thoughts are going through my head right now. COVID has happened, and people are buying things online, and dealerships all over Canada are pushing the narrative that they can you can buy the vehicle 100% online. But that's not really true. Not to throw any shade, but it's not true. There are very few OEM websites that can do it. One of them is ours. Um, and clearly someone just fucking did it, which is, uh, which, which, which is nuts. But I thought this would be a really good episode for, for one, to introduce you, Shania, yeah. uh, and two, to kind of just like, this is what you do for Kosh. <laughs> you solve problems. You like, so there, so there's a bunch of errors that came up with this. Um, this is, I feel like this is a, this is really interesting. So the first error, and I'm going to stop talking right away. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the first, the first error is how the fuck did they get to the buy button? If the buy button has been removed, if you go to the VDP, you can only do a hold of deposit. Then the second thing is, when they made the purchase, why didn't we get notifications? Everybody gets notifications when anything happens on our site. So something there broke down. The, the user for only for the cost Lincoln site doesn't seem to have um, account access, so they can't access their backend to the cost site, which every customer can. But on the cost link, it seems to have been removed. And the last one I noticed was that the save function, because that's what I thought maybe he had saved it because he had come back nine times. I thought maybe he had saved the vehicle through the save function and then 
through that save function, the the buy the car might have been still active. Um. So for the buy now, I'm guessing that uh, actually I figured that uh, that most of the scripts are run with JavaScript, and so I'm guessing that the customer probably had an old browser or his browser uh, is not updated, or he has his JavaScript uh, disabled on his current browser. And so that probably is the reason why uh, it's not showing right. Like the, uh, like it's not showing the deposit yeah. instead of, yeah. It's showing the purchase price instead of the 1% deposit. Ah. And then what about the notifications? Um, for the notification, I'm guessing uh, that's probably not set up right. <laughs> <laughs> um, since, so user, uh, I believe so. Whenever a customer will make an order, right, like that notification will get triggered. So it mm -hmm. was probably not triggered. Okay, so it could be like an error operator. Yeah. Cool. And then what about like the account access, like the user backend? Um, the account access, the one with the wish list, right? Yeah. So it's like the wish list, but it's also like the backend, like the user portal. Like when you sign up for to like buy a car, you have to create an account. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I figured that's already set up actually. Um, probably just problems with the UI. I'm looking at the site, and it seems like uh, like the buttons for like the wish list and the cart are all hidden for linking. So mm. I'm guessing that's the problem. Like we we have no way to like when a user goes to the page, he has no way of accessing his account. Yeah. But it's set up. Yeah. Okay, so it's just it's just hidden. Yeah. Okay, so that's like a super easy fix. And yeah. then um what and then the last thing was the uh, wish list. The save oh, function. Oh, for the wish list. Yeah, I was looking into that, and uh, whenever we click on save for later, right, nothing is happening. And so I checked the rebase list since we're using that for our wish list, and apparently it's not uh, it's not activated. So I tried hmm. to activate it, but uh, it seems like I don't have permissions for it. But it should be working once that's activated. Gotcha, man. Uh, Shania. Thank you for dropping some knowledge on me. <laughs> uh, I feel like we should probably uh, stop talking about this now because I feel like now we're just giving information on how our site works. <laughs> but that's yeah. the, you got a few things to do there uh, to fix those problems on our site. But it was just interesting to see this this happen. Um, and I thought it was a really good way to like kind of introduce you uh to anybody who still listens to our podcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for continuing to listen to our podcast. I'm sure you're just, uh, I'm sure all 12 of you are just the other dealerships looking for inside information on how we run our business. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I wanted to introduce you, Shania. Um, tell me what you do here at Kosh. Yeah, um, so I'm a developer, and most of the work that I do involves like theme development, I would say. So it mostly uh, like implementation of friends UI design to actual web pages. 
And so right now we're currently working on the redesign of the website. So that's pretty exciting. So just a, just a quick recap, how did you get to Kosh? Yeah, I was doing mostly freelancing. Uh, I was building websites uh, with Ruby and Reels. Yeah, I had this like account on Hubstuff and I believe you found me there. I did, right? yes. Yeah, so that's um, that's actually how I found uh, the job listing for this. And I found that uh, it was really interesting. And so I applied for it. Our site is based off of Ruby, so that really, really helps you. But um, Ruby's your, Ruby is your main language. Like, that's what you code the most in, right? Yeah. What did you choose, yeah, Ruby? Um, I didn't really choose it. <laughs> uh, so Ruby chose you? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, in my previous job, like before I went, uh, I went working as a freelancer. Uh, we were working with Ruby and Reels, and so we were building business apps uh, using Ruby and Reels and React. And so that's where I learned Ruby. I feel like everybody that codes with Ruby loves it for its like simplicity. Yeah. A lot of like the big applications are built on Ruby. Do you have any insight as to why? Yeah, um, I think. It's a it's a fan favorite like for developers since Ruby is mostly like very simple. Uh, like when you read a code in Ruby, like it's almost like reading English, and like it's really easy to learn. And compared to like I came from Java, like before working with Ruby and Rails, and I would say that it's a lot easier to learn Ruby. Yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> No worries. Uh, only 12 people are going to hear this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, now I lost my train of thought. What I was going to ask you, you've, you've been at Kosh for a little bit now. How would you explain working at Kosh? Like, how is the work environment here? Yeah, um, I guess the big thing that I like about Kosh, like working with Kosh, is like the work culture and like the people. And I would say, I would honestly say this, uh, that this is, I've only had two jobs before, but I would say that, uh, <laughs> that this is my favorite one, I would say, um, like in terms of the environment and like the people I'm working with. So let, let's go into the environment. What what do you mean like the environment? Because I have some thoughts on it. Like um, in terms of communication, like everybody's so responsive, I would say um, it's easy to talk to people. Like if you, if I need something, I can just go hit up friend or if I need to ask Susie for anything related to Google, I, like, I can just ask her and it's just easy to approach people, I would say. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I also wanted to add like one thing about the culture. I feel like it's a culture of feedback. Um, I, you probably get it the most, uh, people's input and feedback constantly. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And how yeah, do you feel sure. about that, having that like that constant feedback? I actually love it. Um, I've had experience with the job that People didn't really give a lot of feedback. Like they will, they would beat around the bush. And I really like hear like, uh, like you, like people are really straightforward with how they want something done. And I think that's a really big part of like making quality like work. Yeah. Um, and would you say that like, because uh, I uh, even in this conversation, this conversation started with me throwing. And this is probably the other thing that I think is a little 
Um, I don't know if it's a pro or a con, but it's definitely a characteristic of working at Kosh. Things get thrown at you randomly. Um, and so while you always have control of your day, we plan your day, we do the morning meeting and we go through what the day is going to be. And ultimately you own your schedule, but, um, things happen all the time. And then all these, these things get thrown at you. Like today with, with, uh, someone got to the buy button <laughs> on our, <laughs> on our Lincoln site. Um, like, how do you handle that? How do you handle, uh, these random tasks that get thrown at you? And they're like, they're, and I shouldn't say tasks, they're always a problem, right? Um, and so the, you, get these, these, you get these ambiguous problems thrown at you. How do you approach like digesting the problem so that you can solve it? Yeah, um, I think it comes with the territory. Like like people always say like, develop, like development is like 10% coding and 90% like solving issues. And so you're really trained to like solve problems. You, does it create a lot of anxiety? Yeah, for sure. I, I deal with a lot of anxiety in terms of uh, development. And uh, like in terms of, uh, I mean, it, it's always difficult. Like when there are issues uh, that I'm not familiar with, but I do try to go through like research and discovery. And I always just try to Google stuff. It goes very helpful. <laughs> in yeah. You're constantly getting feedback. You're constantly getting input. How do you stay focused? How do you stay in the zone? I mean, I like what I do. And um, mostly like if there are issues thrown at me, uh, obviously those issues are priorities. And so you kind of have to set aside uh kind of stop what you're thinking at the moment and like focus on another thing and then right after that's done you have to get back to what you're working on and I mean that's that's just part of the work I guess when we hired you should I you called you said you described yourself as a builder what did you mean by that yeah I really like building stuff and so um like I like seeing things come to life and so uh with web development like that's i would say the web de like development software engineering it's like it's like the closest thing to magic since you can pretty much build anything you want the way you describe it it almost it almost sounds artistic yeah in a way yeah yes why are you drawn to that i'm not really sure um i used to work in support and i didn't really like the idea of uh like i'm not I don't have an end goal, you know what I mean? Uh, like with development, like with web development, you have an end goal for each module and you can kind of see the progress of your work. And I really like how, like with building stuff, uh, like with building websites, people, you can actually help people and people actually use your, what you've built. I, I kind of got an idea of like why, why, why you chose this field. Was there ever another option like, or was it always going to be like development? Yeah, it's always, uh, I didn't really know, knew that I was going to, into development, but I knew I wanted to do something to do with, uh, with IT. When did it so, start? When did that bug start? Like, did you, did it start in high school as a kid? Yeah. I've always loved, uh, like, computers <laughs> as a kid like I would install every, like stuff on my computer and like uh like mess around with the settings until it breaks and so I think that really led me into loving uh that like the tech space what, what was the first thing that like what was the first thing that you used that like 
where you had that, like you had that feeling that you were creating something like, was it like, uh, I'm trying to think of something old school from when I was a kid, like wind amp. Like, I don't know. If you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, so when I was a kid, uh, I, there's this thing called Friendster. I don't know if you're I do remember with that. Friendster. Yeah, so uh, I think I was in grade school, so and so Friendster was really big here, um, and you can kind of customize your Friendster account, like the CSS, yeah. and I think that's one of the first things that like I felt like I'm building something. Um, when I was a kid, uh, there was this thing, I, I make fun of it now, I almost think it's a style now. Do you remember GeoCities? Uh, no, I don't. So Geo, like, GeoCities was like... Um, it was like before like Weebly and Wix and Squarespace and all of these like templated sites that you, you pay $30 a month for. Uh, and you could just build up a custom site. Um, um, you, I think you used to be able to do the same thing with, um, what was it called? MySpace. Yeah. MySpace. You can customize the the pages. Um, I, I, I would have loved to have seen the, your friendster, uh, profile. <laughs> yeah, I was it wasn't very good. I was I was a kid. <laughs> what got you more serious about it? So when I was uh in college, I had this course on web development and we were tasked to like build like uh like a store from scratch. And so we built it using three different technologies and I was assigned to like build the client side. And so I built it with PHP, and I think that really solidified like I wanted to go into web development. Okay, and what were the other two technologies? Uh, that was uh, Node.js. Yeah, and I can't remember the other one. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, that's cool. Um, and then now here you are at Kosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, S selling cars online. <laughs> uh, it's been cool getting to know you, Shadaya. Um, I, th I think you have one of the most interesting jobs here. Also one of the most difficult and also maybe one of the most dynamic. Like it's, I feel like your job is going to be like an endless education stream of like learning and relearning and unlearning. I feel like your brain is cut out for that. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Shania, is there anything else that you wanted to say or talk about? Yeah, no, I guess I would just say that like, I really like the work I do with Gosh, and I'm really excited with like what I'm doing. I feel like it's been awesome having you. It's definitely changed the workflow here with like friend, especially. I think you add a whole other mix to the team. Um, but um, Shania, thanks for coming on. Thanks for telling me more about what you do. Um, that's it. Peace. Peace.